Welcome back to Moms and Baseball. This is episode 94, and I'm Stephanie. And I'm Diana. Today we're talking about Damar Hamlin, Commodio Cortis, and cardiac arrest, how that's relevant to baseball, and what, if anything, we as parents can do about it. Obviously, we are not medical professionals, so please consider that nothing shared in this episode is medical advice. We are just moms wanting to keep our kids safe and um, getting as much information as we can so that they can play the sport they love and we can have some uh, great time spent doing it and doing a little Google research as well. (laughs) Right. So obviously, this topic it comes to mind due to the spotlight placed on commodio cordis and cardiac arrest. Uh, excuse me, I had a little bit of a southern twang there. <laughs> um, it's been a hot minute there. <laughs> yeah. At following uh, Demar Hamlin's injury, uh, Buffalo Bills safety Demar Hamlin. Um, if you haven't seen it all over the place, he collapsed after a collision or a tackle with Bengals the Bengals wide receiver. Um, And he's thankfully he's out of the hospital. Now we're recording this Thursday night. He was released and sent home yesterday and seems to be on the road to recovery, which we're all so grateful for. But I mean, Stephanie, you saw this incident that, that led to him, you know, losing consciousness and, and everything. Do you want to just talk a little bit briefly about, you know, what it was like? Did it seem like super scary or Oh, absolutely. I think anybody watching it, I mean, he, he, he was tackled and then he kind of pops back up and then he goes and then he drops right back down. And so I think everybody was like, wait, well, what happened? Like, because he, he got up after the play thinking, oh, he's okay. But then he did not. Yeah. And then it just kind of went very quiet from there. And so, yeah, I mean, it was scary. Yeah, no, it was terrifying. I just meant like I yeah. guess the original like tackler collision. It, I mean, I'm not a football mom, oh, but it looked different. I mean, that no. just kind of looked like a normal tackle to some degree, right? I mean, I don't know. Yes, yes, it it looked like a a regular tackle, but um, somebody was joking too. They were like. The NFL, for some reason, I don't know, their pads, they make them thinner so that those guys can run a lot faster, like high school kids. Of course, we have standards that we follow and everything like that, but the padding is thicker and a lot more protective. Um, So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the NFL uh, pads look like, but somebody said they're very light and a lot thinner. So some of those hits look scary to me already. And these guys are like up and moving and everything like that. So I don't know what normal and what is not normal anymore, Diana, because it all looks like that hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously. So, you know, I just wanted to bring that up because I think that that's something we'll talk about later in terms of how important it is, how important it is to recognize the injury and to not like take it too lightly. Like, oh, he just had the wind knocked out of him type of thing. Because um, the initial like event may not necessarily look you know, like his heart just stopped, <laughs> essentially. Right. So anyway, I, I just kind of wanted to to cover that injury briefly um, because, again, that tackle wasn't necessarily, like, to my eye, distinguishable from other tackles. Um, doctors are speculating. I mean, doctors meaning, like, not his doctors. I'm sure they probably know what's going on. But, like, worldwide doctors that don't know his case are speculating that this tackle, the shoulder, you know, to the chest could have triggered commodio cordis which would have led to cardiac arrest. 
Commodio cordis is a Latin term. It means agitation of the heart, and it's a condition where the heart goes into an abnormal rhythm. This is really dangerous, called ventricular fibrillation. And that just means that the heart's bottom chambers are fibrillating instead of pumping. And when this happens, the heart is not able to adequately fill and pump blood to the body, you know, including, obviously, the brain. So that's what leads to the loss of consciousness, you know, the passing out, and mm-hmm. the loss of a pulse. So if this happens, the heart needs to be reset as soon as possible to get blood flowing again. Um, and then the cardiac arrest refers to when the heart, when it suddenly stops beating. So that's not, some people are saying like he had a heart attack. That's not the same thing as a heart attack. Doctors would refer to a heart attack um, as a myocardial infarction. I hope I'm saying that right. Because I would yes. be the person in the population that would say heart attack. <laughs> so anyway, um, in his case, Thankfully, he received CPR very quickly. Um, My understanding is that medical trainers were on site within 10 seconds. So, I mean, you you couldn't get much quicker medical help. I'm not sure exactly how long it it took before they started administering CPR. They also used the assistance of a defibrillator to resuscitate him. And so, yeah, we're going to talk kind of like about how important that is and why this is important, especially in the baseball world. So... Our understanding is that this is incredibly rare, even though this, you know, was brought to a huge spotlight and a lot of people know about it now. Everything kind of has to happen exactly right or exactly wrong, yes. however you're looking at it for this to happen. So the, the impact has to occur in exactly the right place at exactly the right time by an object of a specific size. So basically happening in the right place, it has to happen like directly over the heart. They say it can't even be like two centimeters to one side. It has to be exactly in the right place. It has to happen in like within milliseconds of like the right timing based on the heart's rhythm. And the object that causing the impact needs to generally be a specific size, not too big and not too small. So often cases um, that seems to be a baseball or a lacrosse ball or a hockey Mm -hmm. puck. In this case, it was a shoulder, I guess, right? I mean, because that's what caused the impact. So anyway, this is, it's so rare. The Cleveland Clinic says there are fewer than 30 cases each year. And in the United States, between 1980 and 2015, there were 229 reported cases, but that led to 162 deaths. So it's rare, but it's very deadly. Mm Mm-hmm. And the population most at risk is young males between 10 and 20. And I saw that the most popular age was 14, actually. And doctors believe that this is because um, their breastbone and sternum have not completely developed yet. But obviously, again, in DeMar Hamlin's case, he was a grown man and this still happened. So, right. Yeah. And and again, back to how it has to happen at, at exactly the right time. I found an article in the Washington Post where the doctor interviewed said, to be susceptible to commodio cordis, there's about a 40 millisecond window that you have in the cardiac cycle. So again, it is rare. The reason that I think it's so important to talk about, though, is because, yes, this is probably not going to happen to your to your child. You know, we all pray. But if it if there's anything that we can do to help prevent it, it is so deadly. I think that we should do that. And, and also, um, equally importantly, is just being aware of it and, and spreading awareness so that we recognize it and don't take it lightly when somebody is, you know, hit in the chest and loses consciousness immediately. Absolutely. All right. So now we kind of understand a little bit about commodio cordis. 
and why baseball parents in particular need to be worried about it. Um, the, you can't obviously completely eliminate this risk, but we can limit it. So we talked mm-hmm. about how education is important. So it's important to recognize the signs. So if there's a blunt force trauma to the chest and somebody loses consciousness quickly, that's a good sign that, you know, you need to to be concerned about this. Um, they're going to collapse. They're going to be unresponsive. I read that they are maybe some jerking movement movements. Um, so don't just automatically assume that it's a seizure. And you may also see them like gasping breaths, but don't assume that they are breathing normally because they're doing this. So um, the first thing to do is once the person is found to be unconscious, then you would call 911, start CPR, um, look for the nearest AED. They should be receiving a shock from the AED as quickly as possible. So I know like for me, one thing that I would do because I'm not in the medical field, I'm not currently trained in first aid. Um, I have been CPR certified, but I'm sure that's expired. Um, Mm -hmm. But just maybe look at re-upping that. Um, Educate yourself about CPR. And and when you're going to baseball tournaments, baseball practices, things like that, you know, when you get there, keep your eyes open. Where is the nearest? You know, usually there's signs indicating or ask around where is the nearest AED, you know, device so that you could help somebody get to it quickly if needed. Absolutely. And I just want to touch on this. Like the AEDs are in like the schools and everything. Mm -hmm. They're very easy to to work. Um, They charge themselves. They will not shock the person if there is a heart, a heartbeat, you know, uh, in rhythm or anything like that. So, I mean, you, you won't do any danger to the person if they're unconscious and not breathing. So, yes, grab it and go. Don't be worried that you're going to do more damage to somebody by helping them. So And doesn't the machine, my understanding is they literally talk to you and tell you what to do. Yes. Like, yes, like yes, so if yes. you or I didn't know Anybody anything could. about it, if we grab it, it's going to walk us through exactly what needs to be done. Obviously, it'd be great if there was somebody there who knew what they were doing, but right. anybody should right. be able to help um, until emergency yes. support arrives and, you know, and takes over. Absolutely. But this is so important um, because I read that if they're resuscitated within three minutes, the survi- survival rate is 25%. If you, if it goes beyond three minutes, this drop, the survival rate drops down to 3%. So it's a, I mean, obviously, wow, yeah, this is a very a deadly thing to happen, but your best shot is to get medical treatment immediately. So yeah, absolutely. We, yep. We talked about, you know, CPR, like spreading awareness of this, um, the importance of getting or even parents. parents knowing it. Yep. Yep. CPR training for anyone that, that could be around. The more people that are trained in that, the better. Locating the automated external defibrillators or AED. And then there are some other things that can be done in baseball in particular. It's recommend, and this is just something to think about, I guess, if you're part of a board or somebody that helps make decisions. It's strongly recommended that up until age 13, baseballs are softer um, because mm. those chest muscles are underdeveloped. Um, and it's just a little bit more of a danger with the harder baseballs. So, you know, that's something I, I suppose to be to be considered. And then obviously the other thing that we've all hopefully heard about and are starting to consider are chest protectors. So, Stephanie, do you want to talk about those just a little bit? Absolutely. So up until uh, 2018, the NOC SAE, which is the National Operating Committee, 
on standards for athletic equipment, which is independent and nonprofit. They did their own funding and research and they developed these standards for chest protection. And they do this for um, field hockey, for um, uh, lacrosse, and, and also for baseball because catchers need something. Um, so they didn't have this standard up until 2018, which is boggles my mind, right? Because what 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 were we wearing before then, Diana, for right. catching? Was it just like a, a rug or a mat? Like what? Um, so now we have standards in place. That, that reminds me, like we talk about how like how long have people been wearing cups versus when we decided, oh. you know, like didn't cups come before like helmets and then now we're worried about chess? Like it kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, the most important thing, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, so they funded their own. So now it is required for catchers to wear the protective chest protector, and the NHS or NFHS and the NCAA um, all require that, and they meet those same standards. So they create these standards, and then manufacturers come and develop them based on those standards, and then they can say their NOCSAA standard certified. So along with the catcher's equipment, those are the only standards that were kind of around 2018, 2019 that kind of came about. Now we are starting to see more compression shirts, which are for your positional players and pitchers because they can take a ball coming very fast, that the exit velo coming off the bat, gosh, can sometimes go up to like, what, 90? And especially if you're an infielder, um, that's coming in pretty fast. So there are two current shirts that are NOCSAA approved. Um, one of them is called Unequal Heart. It's H-A-R-T protection t-shirt. And I did find that at Dick's. That one is certified. And then, of course, the Evo Shield NOCSAA protective chest guard shirt. Like it has to have those specific names because Evo Shield does have some other chest protective ones, but those are not um, the 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 high standard quality of the official chest protection. Um, you can also go to the NOCSAE.org and click on Safety Equipment Institute. And there they will have a complete list of the current products that meet those standards. So if you wanted to look to make sure that it is approved, you can go there and do that. Because my understanding is, I think we got Keegan one probably, yeah, before COVID. So it might have been around 2018 before all of these things came out. And it was just like a soft foam on his Evo Shield shirt And I, before all of this you know, research and everything like that. Now the current shirts are a little bit... Um, kind of like a plastic people are saying so it is a little bit different of a material that will give you a little bit more protection as far as i know right yeah we've done the the compression shirts but that just have like the soft foam type uh -huh. well, heart i should say a hard foam um like hexagon type pattern and i think you know they're more co comfortable it was fairly easy to convince my children to wear those at the time um these ones are going to be a little bit more cumbersome Mm -hmm. But, you know, they'll, they'll, they should, in theory, provide some more protection, too. Um, I, I should at least point out, though, that there are a lot of people that say, notwithstanding these two shirts, that the chest protection is only so helpful. Like, meaning they think it's really just parents buying it for peace of mind, saying that it's really probably not going to make much of a difference. And based on the, even though it's you know, you said it's thinner, Stephanie. I wasn't aware of that. Mm -hmm. But when you see what the, like they the players wear in the NFL, like 
it's right. crazy for to me for me to imagine that you know that that hit still you know got to his heart like it did so just know that while I think it's great to do what you can to provide them some protection because we can only do what we can do don't just automatically assume this means oh this isn't going to this isn't possible to happen, happen to them yeah. like it could still happen to them you still need to take those symptoms very seriously if they ever you know get a, a blunt force trauma to the chest like that so yeah if it makes you feel better and and if it does offer a little bit more protection i think that's great definitely look into it but it's not the end all be all uh, prevention for this commodio cordis that's my understanding Yes, absolutely. So that's like the the big debate too. Like, will it give an extra protection? Maybe. Um, will it prevent it? We don't know yet. Um, but the main thing is too that making sure when you go to these big tournaments and stuff like that, that they do have an AED somewhere available, like, you know, at the concession stand or something so that if an emergency like that happens, that somebody can get to it quickly and get to um, a person on the field, at least having one available is is not going to hurt you. I mean, that's going to only be of benefit. So, right. Um, I also wanted to include that, you know, Stephanie mentioned that the high school players and the NCAA players are required to have uh, the catchers are required to have the NOC SAE approved equipment. But just make sure when you're shopping for equipment that it is approved by the NOC SAE. And the other thing is um, I found there's like a little, I believe it was Rawlings makes like a little additional heart guard that you can add to your existing catcher's equipment if it is not mm. um, approved by them. So that's just something to keep in mind. Mm. That is good to know. But yeah, that's all we've got. Um, hopefully you understand the risks of this a little bit better and what we can possibly do to help. If you have any questions regarding this, uh, Stephanie and I are are happy to help. You can talk to us in our Facebook group, Parents and Baseball. Or if you've had experience with this, you could always let us know as well, um, like, you know, how how you treated it or how your kid is doing. I did talk to a friend. He is um, big into soccer, which, you know, baseball and soccer, whatever. Um, <laughs> we're kind of like, go at it. <laughs> um, but he said he knew a couple of, uh, you know, players that played officially, and it happened to one player and he was like out and recuperating for like six months. And then he came back and he was like better than ever. And then he knew another athlete that it happened to. Um, and then they kind of had to retire. So, I mean, I, I don't even know what the treatment plant would be because like your heart is a muscle. Like if your heart took that hit, I, I don't even know. Yeah, I agree. In the meantime, you can keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, at Moms and Baseball. You can also listen to our episodes on our Moms and Baseball Facebook page. Feel free to join our Facebook group, which is the one that Diana was just talking about. It's called Parents and Baseball. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your friends. We would love to hear from you. Until then, have fun at the fields. We'll see you next time. so sorry i lost you for 10 seconds in the middle of that oh, did you hear me trying to interrupt you well no and then i saw your body move and then I, it was like i was like oh shoot yeah oh, i'm so crap. sorry if you no, could start right. with the whole in the meantime thing <laughs>